passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are back. Post Pro Res for the month of September is live. I am John Pollock, reunited with one world traveling WH Park, who is back. Hello, WH. Hey, John. Hey, everyone. It's good to chat with you. You are, uh, it's, it's been a while since you and I have uh, sat down. Always a big deal when we can bring the worlds of, uh, John Pollock and WH Park back here at Post Wrestling. It's true. I, I try to, think what the last thing we did together was uh besides have coffee together in person uh there was something we did wasn't post perez it was something else (laughs) yeah that's when we have that's when we have the off-air podcasts which are always the best ones that's right that's the one where i get even saucier and and more uh uh, apoplectic is that the word i'm looking for you just let let the opinions fly because you're such a wallflower on these on these shows uh always biting your tongue of what you think about the the wrestling world at large but uh since we last uh, spoke you did make your big trip down to chicago a Mm -hmm. month ago uh a very a very eventful trip, uh, and it sounds like your accommodations were uh, several grades above Davy Portman's this past week. I, I I at least had a good shower and a bed yeah, to bed. sleep in. So that's the uh, bar when it comes to traveling. You know, like he he made the joke that it was better than the the like his Airbnb Airbnb was like terrible, but at least it was better than my hotel. Like then reading his. Uh, it sounded worse. The host, it, it was much worse than mine. I at least had a very comfortable sleep, and I was able to take a shower the, every day I was there. So, so it really it puts into perspective. <laughs> it does, uh, WH. Sure. You had uh, quite the trip, but there you go. We're not here to be a trip advisor, but, but yeah. But it, it's it. You know, I love Chicago. It's an amazing Great city. city, and I, I will say, like you know, if if you know, if Tony Khan does listen to this show, Tony, you, you need to bring it into the city, my friend. Schaumburg is too fucking far away. All right. It's not feasible. That's why half the fucking arena is empty for your TV tapings, my friend. Bring it into the city. More people will go to your shows. Was that the first time you've been to Chicago? My second time. Second. I went, uh, like the March of 2011 as a, as a trip. Before I would move to Japan for 10 years. And I thought I, I'll go down to uh, Chicago with some friends, do a road trip. And that was great. But like March is still too cold. Yeah. This, this, this trip was beautiful. The weather was perfect. And, uh, yeah, I will say this if, from my own experience of watching AW live, like dynamite is good. It's fine. Um, I can do without what I think was the elevation tapings. That was, I, I just ignored those, but rampage and dark tapings those those feel like an eternity and and the pay-per-view itself was 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 very good and if if only i could have gotten into that press conference afterwards so that, that would have just been the capper the after show yeah maybe they should be selling tickets to the press conferences for for future shows but yeah it's um are, are you going to either of the toronto shows no apparently like it was very difficult to get tickets for mm-hmm. dynamite and I, I i you know based on my previous experience i have no interest in going to a dy- uh, to a rampage taping 
Well, there, there you go. So you will have a uh, no firsthand account from one WH Park. But we have a lot to get into uh, to, to catch everyone up to speed. We're going to talk about uh, we'll get the the updated standings for Stardom's five star Grand Prix. I've done some quick Stardom math as we go into the uh, the final show next weekend. We're going to discuss all Japan's 50th anniversary card and uh, Kento Miyahara, who just put on a, a tour de force over two nights. Some Noah action featuring a brand new champion. Uh, but we will start off with uh, New Japan. Uh, they held their Burning Spirit card earlier today. Day at Kobe World Hall, and they ended up drawing. As I uh, pull it up here, they did fourth. Uh, sorry, that was the All Japan show. They did. What's your guess on attendance here? As I as I pull this For up, Kobe World Hall. Like so, that's where they normally where, where Dragon Gates holds their big yes, like uh, Dragon Gate Festival shows, which is like their version of WrestleMania. I, I try to remember what they hold like normally. Uh, a, I, I think they normally hold like. Over around ten thousand, maybe just under that. But I'm this attendance. I'm going to say in the five thousand, six thousand range. Three thousand one hundred and fifty. Well, like I was being generous then. Yes. So that was. Do, do you look at that as a disappointment for for Kobe? Well, I, I don't know, like what the the normal the, attendance for that the capacity for that venue is. I can't really make a judgment on that. But three thousand, like three thousand, is just like you know, sh- uh, you know, like. Corken Hall is just under 3,000. Basically, it's 2,700. So, th- you know, 300 more than Corken Hall for like a big show. But is again, Corken that big? Yeah, like I, I just I did was a like review. 1,800 was maybe, maybe I'm no, I just did, I just did a review of a match from there for Long and Winding Royal Road. So, you know, today. So, yes, like, we will chat about that. Yeah. Well, uh, today's show, though, um, I, I just saw the, the, t- the top matches. We'll go through the results here. Um, the main event was spectacular between Will Ospreay and David Finley. If there's one match, I would I would highly recommend. Um, they had a great match in the G1, and this really um, what was a great um, a- elevation of what what they did there. And just some highlights here was the fact that they they aired a video kind of contrasting the two how. Osprey came into New Japan, won his very first Best of the Super Juniors tournament, while Finley received zero points in his first Best of the Super Juniors, and have kind of positioned these two that Osprey has been the one that has had all the success, and David Finley kind of in in the shadows, and then beats him in the G1. And on the way to the ring, they note that Will Osprey, one of the people that he has never beaten, is currently at home on suspension. So dropping that that little uh, nugget in there as they are dangling for a, for a future encounter with them. Uh, th- this match, it was David Finley was getting destroyed at the beginning, and then he attacks Will Ospreay's hand with the shillelagh that he's now bringing with him to, to the ring, and Ospreay sells this like his hand is broken, and Finley just wraps it around the rail, and eventually Jeff Cobb has to come back, and his finger has been dislocated. So Jeff Cobb puts the finger back into place and Osprey is just screaming as his finger is put back. And uh, Lord Gideon Ray, have you got a, have you been, are you familiar with Lord Gideon Ray now of the United empire? I thought it was great. They, they dropped the G with this guy. Uh, Lord, Lord Gideon Gray is what they were constantly referring to him as. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I'm familiar because like I remember like seeing him like be the manager of like Ocon in in Rev Pro and stuff. But I've never seen him actually wrestle in the ring. Well, he was just a second here, um, in in his in his like uh his hat and and his outfit. He it was quite the uh, quite the character here. It, so, it was. Is it better or worse than Bruce Tharp? Um. It's comparable, I guess. Oh, well, yeah. they, 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 that's yeah. all I need to know. I, I, I didn't get much of an exposure, Tim. So the, the, the jury remains out on that one. Uh, then it just got into all the big near falls. We saw, uh, an os cutter get blocked and then was rotated into the, the prima nocta. Uh, Osprey then caught him with a Spanish fly. And then, uh, it comes down to Finley. He ducks the hidden blade, uh, the os cutter is turned into the prima nocta, and the crowd's going nuts at this point. Acid drop gets countered, and he lands a super os cutter, and he goes to lift him for the stormbreaker, but can't get him up. So instead, he hits a pedigree, another hidden blade, and then the stormbreaker. Uh, twenty eight, twenty two. Um, I-, I thought the match was terrific. Like it was a really, really strong match. I've been very impressed with David Finley since this uh, this G one, where I think he was a. a- big standout especially the first half of that uh, d block but this was you know a main event for david finley was 
pretty much a big uh, signal of where they see him and Osprey retaining here. And then afterwards, uh, Naito came out to challenge Osprey uh, coming off of their G1 Climax semifinal. Zach comes out to dispute this. He also wants the next shot. So it's going to be Zack Sabre Jr. against Naito at their Royal Quest show this coming weekend, one of the two nights. And then the winner of that will challenge Osprey for a U.S. title or a U.S. title shot down the road. Okay. Um, so it, Osprey versus Finley was the main event of this show. So, you know, I, I can see that not necessarily drawing the kind of like, you know, the, the fable casual fan, like the walk up crowd yeah. to, to this show, if it can hold more than 3000 people. So, but I, I think it's a good sign that they're willing to experiment with people in the main events, like with David Finley, um, especially, you know, like I, I'd imagine they looked at the G1 match and thought, okay, he can hold his own and keep up with Osprey and he can have a good match with him. So you build next time, build them up even more. And then when, if you get them to headline or even like do the semi main event of, of a show with him and in the singles match with someone else, maybe like even Jay white or something like that, you play off their history. I think it's a great sign for David Finley, who I've been high on forever. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've been a fan of this guy for since like he was wearing stupid furry boots, you know? And so like his look is so much more improved and yeah, I, I think I think as long as it's just the shillelagh and there's no hornswoggle, we're all good. Yeah, there was no no hornswoggle to be spoken of. But I think these are the kinds of elevations you need to take chances with because, you know, you go to a place like Kobe and you just you can't always rely on this this outgoing generation of your Tanahashis and Naitos and Okadas and even like Zacks and, and such. Like if you want to elevate people, part of it is, you know, it. It, it's going to be a, it's going to be one step back before you take two steps forward to hopefully create a new generation that the public sees as main event stars. So I think with David Finley, they certainly seem uh, committed to him and certainly Osprey as well. Uh, the other matches I saw, Carl Anderson retained the never open weight championship, defeating Tanahashi. Very average match, I thought. I don't think this ever won, this ever got to the, the level of being uh, great. Um, in the end, it was a, a uh, series of counters, Tanahashi trying for his own gun stun, but then Gallus tripped them from the floor, and then Tanahashi blocked a gun stun, and a twist and shout was countered into a gun stun by Anderson in 1339, and afterwards, it was the big angle where Jay White joined in. It was a three-on-one attack on Tanahashi. Tamatonga runs down, followed by Hikuleo, and he stares down Tamatonga but then grabs Jay White by the throat, sending him into a gun stun by Tama and Tamatonga and Hikulea embrace. They are back together and Tamatonga lifted up the IWGP title and Hikuleo raised the never open weight championship as well. So this was the, the baby face turn for Hikuleo, who they are branching off into a, a baby face single star. The, the long awaited baby face turn of Hikuleo. Uh, listen, just, just bring back their dad. That's all. Like, just bring back King Haku, and I'll be happy. And give him all the titles, you know. Well, with, with traveling easing up in Japan, it might not be long until we see Father Haku. Yeah. Well, to your point about like elevations, John. Like, I I really hope like the kind of elevations that, that you saw, kind of them trying to do in the G one with like David Finley and and um, like Jonah and and some other people. Like, I do think like when they come back, like people like. Shota Umino and Yoji, uh, Yodosuji and Yuya Uemura mm-hmm. get the same treatment. Like, and I don't mean like a year down from when they return. I mean like right away. These are guys you have to start pushing because they have to replace the generation before them because there's like, there's that massive gap of like people like, you know, like pretty much Okan is the only one of his generation left. You know, everyone else is gone for whatever reason. And then, as far as heavyweights go, and then you got to bring these three back and you really seriously, including else, like I shouldn't forget Ren Narita, but bring them back and just push them. Like, cause you desperately need, like, Naito's going to be gone soon. Like, Tanahashi's, like, you know, in the, reaching the twilight of his career. And you can't just rely on Okada forever. K- Kota Bushi Kota, is well, huge I mean, question mark. Huge question mark. We don't know if he's ever coming back to wrestling, let alone New Japan. Um, and I'm, and here's here's the thing: it's like you can't rely necessarily on the, the the import stars, the foreign stars, to to carry box office in in Japan. It's 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 very much driven by native stars, and and like 
you know, native like foreign stars can add to the appeal and add to like the box office. But at at the end of the day, you need to have like native stars being like native box office draws and being top top line uh, stars in the company and and drawing the appeal from like the the you know the the native Japanese population. Yeah, I think that it's always been the most effective is you just reintroduce somebody and you make a big signal that we're going all the way with this person and not everyone's going to turn out like an Okada, but I think that's when the audience is most uh, hungry for someone to come in to shock the system and you, you do something surprising uh, with them immediately. And you're coming off a generation that number one, there's a lot of fans that have been created over these last 10 years that have been introduced to all of these giant stars that are seen as these legendary main eventers that are slowly going to be phased out, the ones succeeding them in those roles. It's going to be a tough transition when it, when it comes to, you know, these, these major names that are going to be, you know, de-escalated down the card, kind of put like we've seen with, with a Tanahashi where he's someone they can rely on, but you can see he's certainly been de-emphasized. And I think yet you're, you're going to see your Naitos, everyone in, in time will have to shift out of that. And it's having all of these people ready to go to the next level. And for your foreign stars, I, I would say it's a much different environment now where I think there's going to be a lot more appetite from a WWE to go after some of these names on top of it. Like you maybe will get two or three years out of someone, but then they're going to be looking at what are my options back in the United States. And if you have WWE being aggressive over these years, that those are the names they're going to be looking at, I think. Oh, for sure. Um, it's interesting to look at New Japan from that point of view of like, who are they going to start attaching rockets to, to become the next, you know, Naito's, Tanahashi's, Okada's in the company. And, and as well as who's going to be that come the next, you know, Kenny Omega's, AJ Styles, uh, Jay White's, who they're of uh, foreign stars that they're going to start elevating as well. But, um, Otherwise, you know what I have to say, John, like I don't really pay too much attention to the booking of New Japan. I feel it's very stagnant. Like I sometimes have to remind myself, who is the IWGP world champion? Oh, it's Jay White. And and it's just like they do nothing with him as champion, it seems. And and I don't understand that. Like he I don't know when his next title defense will be. Is it is he going to be at Royal Quest? He's on the. Declaration of Power show, which is what was the king of pro wrestling shows. Right. And, and that's another one. It's, you know, this is Sumo Hall and they're going with Jay White and Tamatonga in the main event with Okada and Jonah. Those are your two matches. I think that's going to be a tough sell. Yeah. Like that's, so. that's sort of the process that they're in at, at the moment. Like you can see there is an effort to put these, these newer names in, but I don't think they're necessarily going to be readily accepted as main eventers. Like you yeah. are, you are coming off like pretty much 10 years of, you know, a very select few that are accepted in those, in those big roles that they're now trying to replenish. Um, the other one, the, the other match uh, of note was the junior heavyweight tag title match where TJP and Francesco Akira retained against Ryusuke Taguchi and Master Wato uh, with the leaning tower hit on Taguchi and Akira getting the pin. This was a fun junior heavyweight tag title match. Um, Taguchi, this was one he had, he had his working boots on here and audience got into it near the end here. So 1245 that that one went and the rest of the card featured uh, Jay White and Taiji Shimori beating Tamatanga and Jado. Jonah, Shane Haste, and Bad Dude Tito over Okada, to, uh, Togi Makabe, and Tomoki Honma. Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi over Naito and Sonata. Great Okan and Jeff Cobb beating Bad Luck Vale and Chase Owens. <laughs> Toriano and Doc Callis going to a double countout in 3 minutes and 45 seconds. And in the opener, Shingo, Hiromu, and Bushi beating Kenta, Hikuleo, and El Fantasma with the ground cobra twist by Takagi on Phantasma. Shingo Takagi and Hiromu Takahashi are in the openers. It's interesting. I, I did not see this double count up between Toriyano and Doc Gallows. I, I wonder how um how that one was received. In the second uh, match too, what an odd placement. I I'm sure people were like, it's over? Thank God. <laughs> well, uh so this weekend they have the Royal Quest shows, which are you aware these are just live events? They are not streaming on New Japan World. They're not pay-per-views on fight. Really? They're not even they're not even, like, they're not even on fight. Okay. No, I did yeah. not know that, John. I was I was going to look this up like I was planning to watch at least one of them. They're not you cannot watch them this weekend. I 
assume that they're going to be up on New Japan World at some point. Right. But I think in this day and age, when you're putting a show up two or three weeks after the fact, there's like a dozen shows that have happened since then. And it's out of sight, out of mind, unless you're talking about just killer reviews for a show that people are going to seek out. But uh, to me, it's a bit of a lost opportunity because that first Royal Quest show, yes, they had a lot of streaming problems, I recall, but that was such a red hot crowd and it was a great show that they had. Um, but yeah, these are just live events for, for those that are in uh, Crystal Palace this weekend. Well, there you go. Like, you know, we'll get the, uh, the update hopefully from uh, Karen Peterson if she's able to escape Florida in time to catch a flight over over there that's right that's what uh, new japan is uh we're, we're sending off karen peterson for a for a live uh perspective of, of these shows because they won't let us see them anywhere else we have to go to them we so. have to go to them yeah um as far as i know they've only like i'm looking at their website john like so the uh sunday show only has the uh iwgp women's championship tournament match listed here and then the and then the, the saturday show only has the uh ftr versus the aussie open uh, right match there so i don't exactly know what's uh <laughs> why, I, w- why I would assume shows. i would assume the whole card is uh, both nights are going to be released on on monday and we'll know all these this is the new japan method of they've got to wait till they get through their big show before they announce the card but they're going to run into this problem again where for the Sumo Hall show, that's October 10th. That's in two weeks, and we have two matches, um, which I guess those are really the two matches that you're either sold on this card or you're not. I don't think anything on the undercard is really going to change your mind on that. But again, that's probably a card we don't get in full until these Royal Quest shows are done. Yeah, I, I, I with Royal Quest, I just think it's kind of a it's 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 a really big gamble because like you're you're depending on a on a market that. You know, where the name of New New Japan Pro Wrestling may not have the same cachet as it did before because, you know, you're not necessarily selling, sending stars like that you had before. Like, like, I don't know, like, how they would do it in the United States, like, for for a big show. Like, I don't know if they can ever do, I don't know what they would do. Say they booked MSG again, like, what would they do for that? Like, you'd have to put on a massive main event that you would have to announce way in advance. Uh, I, I I would think that they should have announced something with Osprey at the very least for one of these shows, um, regardless of what happened with between him and Dave Finley today. So, Well, I would definitely recommend the main event if you want to go check out one match from the Burning Spirit show today. But there was a lot of wrestling going on uh, this week, so we are going to move on over to a card that you did get to see uh, quite a bit of, and that was Noah's event from Dolphins Arena uh, earlier today, and it featured the big regaining of the GHC crown by one Kaito Kiyomiya, who defeated Keno in 26 minutes and 41 seconds. Uh, this show drawing 1,933 fans and uh, the person I immediately thought of when his next challenger made his way down to the ring was when WH Park, as yes, Kazuyuki Fujita will officially christen this championship reign with the honor of being the first man to challenge Kiyomiya next month. I don't know if he's actually drunk or he's pretending to be drunk. He had a can of beer in his hand, John, when he came and down. He to poured McDonald's. it all over Kaito Kiyomiya's uh, head. That was yeah. a celebration. Um, I I don't understand like this in any way shape or form like he he just makes a mockery of like i don't know if it's his gimmick like i'm just gonna play into the fact that no one likes me so i'm just gonna you know kind of be a troll i, I think that's his gimmick now like vegeta and i don't find i didn't i didn't find his his shtick appealing before i find it less so even now and the fact that he's gonna go into this and you know the, the thing is he beat you know he he I, you know, it was Muda who pinned Nakajima, but you know he was on the same winning team against Nakajima and Funaki, where you know Vegeta was, and so I guess that titles him to a title shot. I don't know, but I have no interest in seeing that match, John. This match was good. I did like this match. I thought you know Kimi and Keno both like just brought it. They they also have the benefit of having a uh, you know a great history rivalry with one another, and it, it all came into play. I will say. I, I did find it amusing that the only way Kiyomiya could actually finally beat Keno and win the GHC title was to channel the, the energy, the spirit of Keiji Muto. Did the, uh, you know, this, 
and then hit a shiny wizard to beat him. His his own you know signature finisher before the tiger suplex didn't beat Keno. A shiny wizard before that didn't beat Keno. It's only when he embraced the spirit of Keiji Mudo. Yeah, the this symbolism is the deal. involved was yeah. When, when he beat like when he beat Mudo in in July, it's like he has now absorbed the spirit of of Keiji Mudo, and um, yeah. So that's uh, how how would you say Kiyomiya? Because you know we we have been very critical over the last like year to eighteen months of Kiyomiya's handling. Uh, we have not spoken since he beat Mudo in July. Uh, he goes through the N1 and now is GHC champion. So what shape do you see Kiyomiya being in now? Do you think that they have properly got him back on track? Uh, does it remain to be seen based on how the, how this title reign goes? I, I think that he's back on track, but I can see it being easily derailed by, by Le- Fujita winning. Yeah. By Fujita winning. winning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, then it's like, why you, why do you even bother with like doing the things with the, like the N1 or anything else? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he's got this fresh perspective, like, because, you know, he's changed his look, his new look, by the way, it's amazing. It's like, he's channeling Jesse Ventura and like, you know, the, you know, the, pastel colors from the 1960s and stuff it's it's tremendous just what a departure from before um it looks good on him though like you know not everyone can pull that off but hey you know kaido kimia pulling off the pastels you know chef's kiss right there but i i think he has to beat vegeta he has to have another significant title run like like his first one and he has to beat a lot of the older guys like you know like he gets a challenge from like for example like Sugiera, he should beat him. If he gets a challenge from, like, say, a Hideki Suzuki, he should beat him. If he gets a challenge from, like, um, whoever, right? Like any of the like foreign talent that they've they've brought in who are who they're trying to push, he has to beat them. Like, I I think you build towards a match uh, for their for whatever the next big Budokan show would be in 2023, and you make it uncertain if he's going to beat that challenger. And like, I would hope it would be like someone like Shizaki or Nakajima. Uh, you have to build those guys up again for, for a challenge like that. But yeah, I, 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 he's the future of this company, really, like as its top headliner. And you, you can't like fuck around with him, like by, by like, yeah, you know, on a whimsical, you know, decision, let's give it to Fujita over him, you know, like, oh, he's young. He'll, he'll recover from that. No, he won't. Like, you can't mess around with a guy's push, like, especially, in a company like Noah, where I think fans are like, you know, going through peaks and valleys with their expectations and their hopes and dreams with like what's going to happen with like the native born stars of this company. Uh, let's chat a bit about uh, Keiji Muto. He uh, he teamed with uh, Fujita on this match, beating Masakatsu Funaki and Katsuhiko Nakajima uh, with a shining wizard by Muto uh, to beat Nakajima. So. With Mudo, uh, he had a very busy week going over to, uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium and, uh, re- rekindling his, uh, his friendship with one Steve Borden, who will now come over to Japan in January for the Yokohama Arena show, which will be the farewell to great Muda, but not the end of Keiji Muto, which will have his separate farewell later in the spring. Do I have all this, all of this correct? I, I think so. This would be like the second, I think, farewell to Great Muda because he did try to retire that gimmick before and he retired the moonsault. Maybe he's going to have a, he, he did do a match moonsault. based around retiring his moonsault. Yes. So he has gotten the juice out of all farewells. But I guess looking at, at Muto, how do you see this, uh, ultimate retirement match going? Do you see him involved with Kiyomiya one more time? Do you see his retirement being something akin to how we saw Kobashi go out with like some big all star multi man tag? Like where, how, how do you kind of wind this down with, with Muto? I, I think it's going to be more akin to Kobashi. That's my gut feeling because I think he's going to want to have as many stars in the ring with him to give him for his farewell and then like have a celebration afterwards. Like not everyone's going to be, you know, in the match itself, but I, I, you know, you're going to have your, your, your usual suspect of like, say, Masahiro Chono is going to be there. That's who I would imagine would have to be in, involved in some significant way. I don't think he'll get in the ring per se. I think he'll be like a second or, or right. something like that. But like, I can see him like just trying to get, you know, like, like his many students that he's trained throughout the years, like, like, for example, Sonata Sonata would, yeah. would, I think be involved with that. I think someone like Tanahashi 
is, has like big influence on Tanahashi. Like I think if he, if he asked, they would send Tanahashi to be part of his retirement match. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be a big all-star affair of like as many active wrestlers that have some kind of connection to Keiji Muto, uh, being teaming with him and being on the, the other side of the ring. For, for the Yokohama Arena show, I, I think like if you're going to do Muda and Sting together, like I would to get something out of it, make it, make it a six man and make Kiyomiya like get him something off of teaming with Muto and, and uh, Muda and Sting. Or make it an eight man and bring Darby Allen too. That <laughs> there you go. You could, uh, you could work that one in, in, in too as well. But yeah, that's, that's the big show for January 21st. They're going to do Yokohama Arena with, yes, yeah, Steve Borden coming back to Japan for the first time in, decades i guess yeah yeah i mean that's cool like i remember they had the tag team match in i think the tokyo dump john against the steiners that's a great match maybe they'll do that one <laughs> they're still around I, i'm sure scott steiner's always looking for a payday get uh scott and rick uh I guess Braun Breaker would pro- would probably be on be unavailable uh, if it was a six man, but maybe maybe that is what they could you imagine that match in two thousand twenty three? I definitely cannot. Uh, uh, no, it's pro wrestling. No, John, I can definitely imagine that match happening there. St- Sting would be the one kind of I, I think like carrying the workload in that thing. Probably, probably. Um, junior heavyweight title match: uh, Hayata defeated Yohei to retain the championship with the headache. Um, Takashi Sugiura and Satoshi Kojima won the GHC tag titles, beating Hideki Suzuki and Timothy Thatcher, who's had, uh, since he's got his visa issues sorted, is having uh, quite the run now, but uh, dropping the tag titles in their uh, first uh, title defense. Uh, these were some lengthy matches as well. This looks like this was quite the marathon show. As I'm uh, I didn't watch every match, but I did watch this match, the tag team title match. It was, I found it quite good. Like, Sounds it, really it's, good. It's a very dynamic, like, like, Hideki Suzuki being more dynamic than usual. I, I like his like, you know, grappling style, his catch, catch wrestling style. And like, I think he's a great partner for, for Timothy Thatcher. And I think they work really well together, but it, it kind of starts off a little bit slow at the beginning, picks up in the middle and then just goes into another gear. Um, it with, with like Suzuki and Thatcher, like just picking up the pace to keep up with Kojima and Sugera, who are, you know, considerably older than they are. Uh, not not by too much, but enough in wrestling years, right? So, uh, but like I, I like this team of Kojima and Sugiera. They have this really funny friendship where they give each other nicknames and stuff like that, and uh, it's quite cute, John. But this this is a really good match. I, if you, I would I would say first watch the, the 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 heavyweight title match, the main event, and then this is something that people should go out and watch as well. I've never heard of a match involving any of these four described as cute. So that, that has uh, won me over to seek this one out. Uh, and the one other title change uh, at Sushi Kotoge and Seiki Yoshioka over Yoshinari Ogawa and Chris Ridgway for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships going 27 minutes. Uh, so this was, a, this was a deep card and their next major show is October the 30th. And that's the one that is going to have, uh, Fujita challenging Kaito Kiyomiya. They also set up, um, Hayata defending the junior title against Ninja Mac and, um, and a junior heavyweight tag title match on that one as well. But their, their big, big show is January 22nd at the Yokohama Arena with the announcement this week that Sting is coming over as, the final match for the great Muda. He's just going to, uh, what a retirement tour this is going to be. A, a year announcement and just saying goodbye to all of the different characters. Well, I, I will actually believe that, that when it actually happens, John, that's all I'm going to say about that, you know, so. <laughs> you, you don't think this could be it for, for Mudo? Oh, it's wrestling. It could just be a big swerve. And then, you know, he's like saying, kidding, <laughs> you know. This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible, conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister and putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Well, something I wanted to uh, discuss as well was the uh, the 50th anniversary card that All Japan put on their return to Budokan Hall last weekend, their first time there since 2004, I believe it was, headlined by Suwama and Kento Miyahara, with Kento Miyahara winning the Triple Crown for the sixth time and thus surpassing uh, Masawa's number of reigns as well as Kawada's uh, uh, for the second most uh Triple Crown reigns of all time. They went 16 and a half minutes. Uh, they brought in Stan Hansen for this one to read the declaration. Uh, even got into it with a uh, Suwama on the floor. Kenta Kobashi was also there. I've got to say, for all of the, like, the miles, the hundreds of miles that this man has put on his body, Kenta Kobashi was getting around, like, you know, hopping into the ring and out. He seemed like he's getting around a lot better than I would have assumed he would be at, at this stage of his life. I think retiring from wrestling was the greatest thing that ever happened to him outside of like his actual wrestling career. And he just had time to heal. I think also he's very happy being a family man mm-hmm. as well. And just being kind of a spokesperson for, for wrestling instead of actually being a wrestler anymore. So yeah, it's, it's done wonders for his, for his health, for sure. Being, being not an active wrestler anymore. I thought it was, they did on this show as well. Like they used the old, like all Japan classic theme at the beginning. There were clips throughout the show. So I, I thought they did like a nice job of kind of making this feel like an important show, uh, with some nostalgia mixed in there. I wouldn't say this was the most, um, entertaining Suwama Miyahara match that, that no. I've seen before. Um, I think we're going to pay more attention to, uh, Miyahara's match the next night on top of this, but it was, you know, just a, a big battle, uh, towards the, the shutdown and they did used to shut down German for a two count um, with the crowd gasping as uh, Suwama kicked out of that. And then he eats two blackouts and one final shutdown as Miyahara wins in 1635 and is presented the triple crown by Stan Hansen and Kenta Kobashi. So a, a nice scene, uh, regardless that they had um, at, at the end with the presentation. Yeah, not not like you said, John, not the greatest encounter between these two. I, I think Voodoo Murders Suwama is probably the worst version of Suwama in his career um the first time around and especially this time around like i think you could have had this match and had it be better if it was not bogged down by like him doing character work um and just being a badass like being the the guy who was the ace before miyahara came along right um because i think that's the reason you 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 built like suwama to and miyahara for this 50th anniversary show at the budokan was because okay you got the guy who was the ace you know, from the, like the early two thousands through the 2010s and to like the guy who's carried the company for the last, you know, seven years, which is Miyahara. It's, it's symbolic. And I think it's, 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 it's a good reward for both guys to be the main event of the show. But I just wish it wasn't like Voodoo Murder's version of Suwan because it's, it's very watered down. And like he, he works, he always works hard, especially in these big, big matches, John. Like, so I think if you had him not be bogged down by like being heel, he would have had a much, much more compelling physical match with, with, uh, Miyahara. But as, as it stands, it was fine. Like, I, I don't, I didn't hate it, but I don't, I don't think it was the, the best thing, uh, on the show or in, in their rivalry for sure. Uh, in a, in a surprise, uh, Naoya Nomura defeated Jake Lee in 43 seconds. And, uh, this match was uh, originally to feature, uh, Joe Doring, who of course is, uh, taking time off as his, uh, brain cancer has returned. So we, we send our best wishes to him. But this was just a totally, like, uncharacteristic type of match. This was second from the top. And you had just this wild striking exchange. And then Nomura landing a spear and a jackknife roll up to catch him in 43 seconds. This audience was stunned. I think it's brilliant to do these every now and then and just, um, shock people uh to do something and this set up nomura going for the triple crown the next night at korakuen hall it's like uh omori versus uh akiyama in the in the champions right. carnival that one year uh yeah i i agree with you like you got to do you know finishes where it's like less than less than 20 minutes for sure and like 43 seconds why not i mean i think i think jake's entrance was longer than this match i think him disrobing was longer 
than 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 this match. Uh, I will say, like, I, I was dismayed at what Nomura was wearing with the camo pants. I was just like, dude, what the fuck? Are, are you like a prepper now? Are you are, are you preparing for the apocalypse or some shit like that? Uh, watching too much YouTube on the uh, on the dark web maybe um but yeah that strike exchange what we what we did get in those 43 seconds on was fucking great like no more oh my god he is so awesome i he hasn't lost a step he since he came back with the match against aoyagi i haven't been able to watch any of his stuff in capture because i don't think it's it's broadcast anywhere or at least i'm not aware of any sources of trying to watch these capture shows but i would like to see more of him in in any setting um but we'll talk, I guess, about the, the match he has in on uh, the next night at Cork and Hall. But uh, I, I will say for myself, I did watch the uh, junior heavyweight title match. Atsuki Ayagi defeated Tiger Mask to become the new uh, junior heavyweight champion. Very, very good match for what it was. And like Aoyagi really picked up the, you know, the slack with like Tiger Mask. You know, he did his best, but he's not the Tiger Mask he used to be. But hey, good. You know what, Aoyagi? Is the champion now? He's been put over. Hopefully, they, they give him the, um, the 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 run with the belt for a while. I will say, I really liked the uh, the world tag team title match. The uh, Gunier of Anarchy, Ryuki Honda and Shotaro Shino, uh, defeated the reuniting uh, team of Get Wild, Manabu Soya, who works in uh, in Pressing Nova as a member of Congo now, and Takao Mori. And what I liked is because, like, as someone who watched Russell One John, like Ashino has a big history with Soya, you know, over the Russell one title. So they really played that up. And a lot of the, the, the best parts of this match were the interaction between Soya and Ashina. And I really like this team of Honda and Ashina. I think they have, they're very smooth and they, they, they work really well together. And I hope they, they get to keep these tag team titles for, for quite a while. Cause I think you have like something that can draw, uh, as an attraction on top with, uh, for, with a, with a tag team. You know, so like, I think that's really important to have in wrestling. So hopefully that goes. And the other match I, I thought was like, okay, but, but still fun was Yuma Aoyagi, uh, taking on Christopher Daniels. Thankfully he won that match. And, uh, yeah, those would be the matches I would say, Hey, go out of your way to see. You don't need to see everything on this show though. Yeah. I just wanted to throw in the, uh, the Yuji Nagata match with, uh, Yuma Anzai, who was, um, a collegiate wrestler and this was his debut. Um, so it was, it was not just like your typical, um, you know, just throwing them to the wolves. They gave Anzai a ton in this match. Like he got, uh, uh, there was a double underhook suplex. He got like several covers on Nagata as well, showed like a good amount of fire as well, applied a Boston crab to Nagata and kicked out of an exploder. So they gave him like, uh, miles in comparison to um w- what is typical of someone in this kind of situation making their debut and he fought off the Nagata lock as much as he could but then Nagata cranked it on and got the submission but for his first match um this is definitely someone that I would I would put on people's radar to watch his progression and then he lost to Minoru Suzuki the next night but um quite a strong introduction I I thought here uh, and putting him with someone the level of Yuji Nagata like to me it it does tell me that they, they this guy was recruited by Suwama into the company, so I would say that he's definitely someone high on the on their list for the the coming years. Well, you know, it's it's nice that they're actually trying to recruit like you know young wrestlers, especially ones with like you know, kind of a an amateur background, because I think that's something that they they kind of need in in all Japan. Most wrestling companies in general do, but like especially in all Japan, I think um, if you have a crop of wrestlers that you think are are going to develop into something really, you know, that will catch on with the fans. That's what all Japan needs right now. They, they've kind of missed the boat with like the last generation. That would be the next stream generation. Like it's frustrating for me, like to see like Jake Lee, Yuma Aoyagi and now, now Nomura not be at the same level with Kento Mirhard in, in 2022, that, that should have all been done before the pandemic that should have been done by by 2019 they they should all have been on a level they all have pinfall victories over him even have you know runs with the the triple crown you know like i i just think it's it's been a wasted opportunity for those those three guys and i don't know if they'll if the company will recover by trying to make them top guys i think jake jake lee's just been snake bitten with bad luck the the past two years uh, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's going to recover, but like they've never put the belt on Aoyagi and I think they should. And like, 
you know, no more is a big question mark if he's ever going to fully come back into all Japan. I hope he does. And I, I think if he does that they sh- should belt him up at some point if that does happen. Before we get to the, uh, the, the core Q and hall match, just given it's their 50th anniversary, it's, it's very much like this is not the all Japan uh, of the eighties of the nineties, but how do you assess all Japan? It's health right now. Like they've got some, they've got to me a generational talent in Kento Miyahara. You just named off some, you know, some fantastic supporting players that they have, but in the, in the landscape that is, you know, Japanese pro wrestling, where do you see all Japan fitting in? Is it sort of just, it's several tiers below, Certainly a new Japan, but even, even a Noah that has, you know, a major company and cyber agent that is backing them. Like can all Japan, are they in that conversation even? I, I unfortunately will have to say no, because at least, you know, like it's a stark contrast watching all Japan and Noah back to back, which is what I did today. Yeah. Um, and to see like the amount of talent that exists on the Noah roster in terms of like native talent and foreign talent, like it's, it's a pretty good roster if, if it's not not even if it's not utilized the way i think it should be utilized but it's like just looking at the names and like looking at the matches that's an amazing roster actually and and then you have all japan which is like you know they they have half the amount of talent that 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 noah has but and again it's it's like hit and miss with the way they're utilized um, the booking has baffled me for the last two years. I don't understand it. Is you just make, you don't push the people that need to be pushed. Like Shotaro Shino should have been elevated last year. Um, and like now he, like I, I think it's a good spot to be in the tag team with Ryuki Honda, but at the same time, like it should be because after he's been triple crown champion or have won the champions carnival at least. Um, I, I, I like to think that there's always hope. In the future, like I, I always sometimes would be like watching like New Japan the last twenty years, John. It's like okay, they're dead. Okay, no, they're gonna they're gonna be okay. Oh, uh, it's not so good. Oh, they got all this talent and like the the last you know the the next dream talent. I was so excited for, and also like before that, it was like the generation of Sonata and Soya and 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 um, some other people like in that company i was just like oh my god this is like and they had a good booker in shuchi kondo and kaz hayashi and then the whole thing where they left because of the you know the 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 conflict with mudo and the owner and he formed russell one it was just like oh the, that was a dark time as well um so like i i it's very it's a very emotional roller coaster for me to watch new japan like see when they okay there's so much promise and then something happens usually with booking and then it goes downhill for, for a while. And then maybe hopefully it recovers. Like right now, I think they're in a, in a valley. Like hopefully they're going to start rising to a peak again. I, I, I would hope so, at least for the, you know, the 50th anniversary year. Um, it's, and it's a shame because like, look what they've spawned, like in terms of wrestling as a whole in, in not only Japan with, you know, pro wrestling Noah, which we can say is a direct offshoot of, of all Japan pro wrestling, but also like, you know, the American indie scene of the early 2000s, which has permeated into mainstream wrestling uh, in in the last 10 years. Yeah. And I mean, no one no one's going to confuse this with uh, the glory years, but still doing four thousand seven hundred and eighty was the attendance at, at Budokan Hall, which uh, for, for all Japan, that's, you know, as as high good. a number, I think, as you could expect for them to, to draw at Budokan, uh, given given their present state. I mean, this, that has to be one of their largest attendances in, in years. Yeah. And, and hopefully they can build towards like a fresher main event with Miyahara on top. We'll see. Like, I, I like to keep a uh, hope open for them. Well, the next night they are at Corikun hall with Miyahara defending against Nomura in front of 919 fans. And, uh, Early on, uh, Nomura nearly catches him with, with a cover immediately, and you have uh, Miyahara going to the floor to regroup. And then it's focusing uh, after this desperation lariat. He is selling his arm. He's selling his ribs after the Nomura lock. Uh, Nomura eats a blackout knee, and then he uses the referee as a shield. And that leads to him rolling up Miyahara, and the crowd gasps at this near fall. They thought that he was going to catch Miyahara. At this point, I was all in on this match. I love the spot. 
and the crowd like bit on on the near fall here. Um, massive forearm from Nomura for another near fall. He hit maximum for a two count and then goes for a burning hammer that Miyahara avoids. Another blackout knee and Nomura fires back with these hard slaps and Miyahara grabs hold for the shutdown and it's just this big fight to finally get the grip and he gets him up in the air. I love watching the setup for this shutdown. It's like him. It's just it's like this painful process. But once he gets him, there's no escape and he bridges 20 minutes, 24 seconds. I love this match. I I like texted you as soon yes. as I watched this on Saturday morning. I was like, shit, dude, this was awesome. Um, I watched this after the Suama match. Actually, no, I watched this in reverse. I watched this first and then the Suama one. So it was uh, uh, to me that this was like my unofficial the 50th anniversary main event. This was. Oh, it. yeah, it, it was better than the Suwama match. Yeah. I just just the intensity that Nomura brings. And thank God he was actually wearing like some proper gear. <laughs> the 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 pseudo sheet style. I don't he knew know, he was going to be out for longer than forty three seconds, so you know what he went all out said, for the. He went for all out for that. Budokan, it's say, like uh, whatever. I would say, like you know, as just just get kick pads to go with the shoes because what you're wearing right now with the, the footwear is is not enough. Get some kick pads for God's sakes. Go go talk to like Takuya Nomura over at uh you know in, in Big Japan and like hey, what do you think? Here's some kick pads. Just take mine. You can, this, they say no more on them in English. So here you go. That's all he needs, really. But, um, you know, I got to say, like, uh, Honda and Ashino, they pull off a miracle. They got a decent, entertaining match out of the Saito Brothers, John. And these guys suck. They're so fucking terrible. I don't know what's worse. If it's, if the, the wrestling is worse than what they're wearing, but my God, their gear is actually fucking horrible, too. Yes, this one went uh twelve minutes eight seconds uh with Ashino and Honda retaining the uh the all Japan tag titles. And yeah, this uh, I did not see this match. I only saw the main event. Have you seen what they're wearing, these guys? Oh my god, it's terrible. Um and then yeah, Minoru Suzuki beat Yuma Enzai on the undercard of this, only going uh five and a half minutes and uh Yuji Nagata worked this one in, in a tag with Dan Tamora over Rio Inoue and Takeo Omori. And Omori would come back after the main event, and he will be Miyahara's next uh, challenger on October 22nd. You know, for a guy his age, he, he still moves pretty well, Takeo Omori. Omori. Yeah. Well, he'll uh, he'll have his test uh, next month on on the 22nd. Well, there you go. It's, uh, you know what? It, it's At least it's not Shishi Shikawa. And I like Shijishikawa, but like I don't need to see Miyahara versus Shijishikawa again for a while. They have certainly run that one uh, re- re- repeatedly. It's a great match, but yeah, it's it's one we we have many volumes of by this point in 2022. But yeah, uh, Kento Miyahara, I thought he had just uh, you know a, a good match in the uh, uh, at Budokan, but I mean this match blew me away. I love this match with Nomura, so um, that was my big. Match recommendation was uh was this one. So uh, we will see what what the future holds for one Naoya Nomura in the future. Stardom, have you been keeping up at all with the uh, the five star Grand Prix? I admittedly have not. No, I it's it's this a, a long tournament. It's it's long, and it, I'm it's one. It's like long. I'm I'm either in or I'm out. I just I can't just drop in and out on. I'll watch a match here or there. Uh, it's just it's tough, and it's one where. I, I, I think for those of us who have to follow multiple promotions, John, like trying to follow 20, like one dates, like installments of a tournament, it, you're asking too much. It, this is for the, the, the hardcore stardom only fans. You know what I mean? That, that's who this is for. It's not for those of us who are trying to cover, you know, New Japan, AW, plus trying to fit in, you know, the five star Grand Prix. Like you, you, you have to be doing this full time and you do this full time, but you, you know, even you, it's tough for you. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one, like, again, this tournament started in July, and now, and, you know, it, it's a pretty big field as well. And listen, I, I've heard great things about the, this tournament. It's, it's more so just the consistency of trying to, uh, k- keep up with all of it. But they have one more show left, uh, this coming, uh, week, October 1st. They have their last show. So the Red Stars, uh, we have Azumi, Micah, Tem Nakano, Hameka, and Shuri. With Utami as well. So we have a six-way tie uh, with 14 points. I guess Risa Sarah has 13 points, although she's pretty much out of this because uh, Micah and Hameka are facing each other on the last day, and that pretty much eliminates Risa Sarah because they're going to get points out of that. So right. um, 
pretty much it's it's like this final six that you're looking for the red stars and then on the blue stars side uh, julia's on top with 15 points and then hazuki starlight kid and suzu Suzu, suzuki have uh, 14 points each sayakamatani has 13 but the way I've done this math, so Julia, she has losses to Momo Watanabe, who's out, Hazuki, who is alive, and Mirai, who is pretty much out at this point. It's She might have a small mathematical chance, but she's at 13 points. And she had a draw with Mayu Iwatani. So Julia is taking on Suzu Suzuki on the last day. Um, that, that could be what it comes down to. But yeah, Hazuki, Starlight Kid, and Suzu Suzuki are alive. So it's pretty much down to those four. And then you will get the winners of each side meeting in the finals on the first. I just want to say, Susan Suzuki is fucking amazing, John. Like for, for someone who, who's, whose ambition is to be, you know, deathmatch wrestler in Japan, like just as a straight wrestler, holy shit, she's freaking amazing. Like her finisher, I can't even describe how, how it goes, but like I've watched the gif of it for like, like a minute straight. And I was just like, how does she do this? She's just a really amazing talent. And, and she's like 18 or something like that still. It's, it's unbelievable how talented she is. I, I'm hoping she, you know, like not necessarily signs with stardom, but does like a lot of her dates, you know, like fills out her, her, you know, her calendar with a lot of more stardom dates, but her and Julia, that, that should be great. I mean, they have the, you know, she came into feud with Julia. So I think that'll be a great match. And, and I, I, but my thing is like, like I, I think Julia is going to win the whole thing, to be honest with you. It, it would seem like that if, if it comes down to her and Suzuki, that's kind of how I see the blue stars coming down. And then, I mean, geez, you could go so many different directions on the, the red star side. I mean, you could see Utami going to the final with, with Julia. Um, you could see Shuri going and then Julia and Shuri in the final. Um, there's a lot of interesting options. I will say this one, one issue with like stardom and I'm a stardom world subscriber. I have always, uh, like I've subscribed to it for a long time. The, the amount of pay-per-views that this company runs and economically, it's got to be working out for them because they run more pay-per-views than anybody. Like they'll yeah. just at the drop of a hat announce, Hey, this show is now going to be a pay-per-view. And that to me is something that it's just, uh, I, I think like there should be a bit of a, a balance at, at times, but I, I, I mean, think it comes to a point where you're, you're gouging your customer base. If they're paying for a streaming service on top of you, like running pay-per-views and like, I don't know what the, 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 the gap, the time gap is between running the pay-per-view and then putting it up on, on stardom world is, I think it's around like four days or so, which is not yeah. like killer. Um, but, but at the same time, if, if you're somebody that is like, like that's, that's a long time too, when you're just suddenly, the pay-per-view comes up, but now stardom's already put up like two more shows to do. It's very easy to just fall behind if you're not like religiously uh, following the product. So the best solution is Dream Slam Weekly every Saturday at postwrestling.com where Karen Peterson does keep you up to date and follows all things stardom. And we'll have a report this weekend after the final night of the multi-month long five-star Grand Prix. <laughs> Also, it's her uh, it's her one year anniversary with us. Isn't that it? is that is it. She wrote a very nice introduction in this week's uh, edition up on the site, and it's uh, it's been a fantastic year having Karen Peterson yeah. on board. Uh, our next in line program uh, is spearheaded by W H Park, who uh, who brought Karen Peterson into the fold. Uh, I mean, her. much like, like I... Suama recruiting, uh, you are our Suama W H. Am I? On the, I'm not on the, the Voodoo Murders version. I no no. no I, no, I no. stopped putting a, a streak, a blonde streak in my hair. Many years ago. So, but yeah, hey, you know, congratulations to Karen for, for being part of the team for, for a year and like hopefully many more years to come. She's very busy, John. Like, you know, no, I know the stuff with Processing Illustrated and then like her secret projects that, that I, she told me about. I don't know if you know about them, but like I can't say no, no, I'm I'm on the outside. I'm just, you know, got my, my cup up against the wall to try and hear. You'll you'll have to, you'll have to hear from her. I cannot, I cannot speak about it, but, um, yeah, like, hey, Check, check out all the stuff, her appearances on different podcasts here on at Post Wrestling, her own stuff, but also like Dream Sign Weekly, just a great addition to the, to the site. Yes. And if, uh, you know, maybe we will, uh, we will get Karen on in a, in a few weeks because if she is in fact uh, going to make it to the Royal Quest shows, uh, I know she's also planning to go to the Rumble on 44th Street, uh, shows, which New Japan's now doing two shows in New <laughs> she, York. She might be the October. most dedicated, you know, New Japan fan that I know. You know, and, and especially, you know, the way I feel about the booking that, you know, 
more power to her. She she can find enjoyment out of this company. Before we get into what is coming up for WH Park, anything else on your radar that uh, you've been following? Any recommendations? Anything else that uh, has has caught your your interest? Uh, no, I I will say like I feel like there's kind of this. Um, what are you excited about right now? What am I excited about right now, John? In wrestling? Yes. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I, you know what I'm excited about, John? When the when when the bloodline finally turns on Sami Zayn, and, and it's led by Jay Uso, like I think that'll be glorious. I, I I'm not a huge WWE fan these days, but I do like that storyline. I think it's, it's great. Good. I, I thought that whole T-shirt business that was that was tremendous, tremendous stuff. And I I really hope that the end point of this storyline is like Kevin Owens saves him, and they take the tag team titles from the Usos because that, that think, would be tremendous. I think they could do a really good job with that. It's a, it's, it's one thing. Like I, I don't think it's, you know, a hundred percent success rate that WWE is having right now. But one major change to me is that I watch every week and I have the, I'm at least giving enough benefit that they know where they're going next week. They might even know where they're going by the next pay-per-view. Like you watch each week and you feel like, there is a story being told here and it's not simply we're showing up each week and plans are getting thrown out the window and we're just uh, miraculously putting together a show that hopefully has some cohesion to it. Like you do feel like there is like this bloodline thing. You feel like there's going to be a climax to this. Yeah. And if it's Sammy and, and Owens winning, great. That would be a tremendous way to end that tag title reign. Here's the, he, I will say this. Okay. What am I excited about? I won't say I'm excited, but I'm curious as to what they're going to do for Wrestle Kingdom this coming January. I think, because my, my guess is they're going to do Osprey versus Omega singles match, semi-main event of, of that show. I, I think, think so, so too. I think and, so. And I think with Borders opening up, if they do that match and they announce it for Wrestle Kingdom, like people are going to travel to Japan for that. Like people are going to say, let's, okay, I'm going to Japan for sure for Wrestle Kingdom. It's a great point. I think it's a smart thing to do. And Hey, you know what? I, I, I will say like, I, I saw, you know, the six man tag, you know, the elite versus, you know, the, uh, the United empire in in AW. And I thought that's a really great match. I want to see, I actually want to see a Kenny Omega singles match, John. And I want to see it against Will Ospreay because I think it'll be, pretty fucking good so i won't go to japan for it i'm not gonna fly up there for that but hey i will watch it and, and cover it with you <laughs> maybe we'll we'll get together then um yeah we should just we should just i should just come over to your house at five o'clock in the morning and then just record right after in the in your basement uh we, we could we'll uh <laughs> that remains to be seen if uh if i can uh I, 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 that one, I'd have to take a vote inside my house of uh, sure. whether I, I can have uh, folks over at five in the morning. But yes, that is, uh, I, I agree with you. The way that everything was, you know, done with Kenny and Osprey, that was to me kind of what I was left with. Was like, that should be Tokyo Dome. So we will see. And I didn't even put that into perspective as well, like what that would mean for travelers for that New Japan greatly needs to rebuild. And that would be, I don't know if you can come up with it with much of a better match than that. And that would be including if they could have a Brian Danielson or someone, I think like Omega and Osprey is probably the match. If there's anyone that new Japan can book, that would be um, pushing. Well, I, I mean, they could book CM Punk versus Kenny Omega in the Tokyo Dome and people would come for that. Oh, that's, that's right. If they attend and have a press conference afterwards, that's right. Uh, so that's going to wrap things up, but uh, there's always plenty going on with uh, WH Park, including uh, next weekend here at the site, the long and winding Royal Road is going to be traveling to the year 1989. That's right. Uh, Gareth Hodgson, who is the creator of the, the Grapple app and, and a member of the uh, the Grapple Spotlight, along with Benno and, and JP, uh, friends of uh, this website, and, and uh, he's joining me. He picked the British Bulldogs. Versus Joe and Dean Malenko from Corrigan Hall, John. And have you ever seen this match? No, I have not. Okay, you're in for a treat, John. I think you will love this match. It is just a... So this is January 89. So this is literally two months after the Bulldogs have left WWF. after um, And the whole like Rougeau's thing that had, had gone down as yeah. well. So this is like fresh off their WWF run. Yes. And, 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 you know, this is like people who are not familiar 
with Joe Malenko. People, I'm sure there's tons of people who know Book Dean, but if you're not familiar with Joe Malenko, you're gonna you're in for a treat because Joe is just as good as Dean, and and he he's he he's he's pretty much the 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 featured player in this match. Yeah, like Dean Dean's a big part of it too. But Joe Malenko, I love Joe Malenko. Like I I thankfully have been able to see a lot of Joe Malenko over, over my years as a fan as a fan of all Japan, um, getting tapes and seeing things on Daily Motion or YouTube. Um, go out and see his match with Dean. There's a good singles match between those two. Um, but this is a great match. Gareth picked this, and I've never seen this match before, John. Until wow. like I, I watched it for this review, and I was just like blown away. And I was even more impressed when I watched it the second time to take my notes for it. So I think you personally will, will love this match and I can't wait to get your thoughts on it. But Gareth and I recorded earlier today. That's going to be out next week. And, and yeah, there's a link up already. Uh, I tweeted out, but I'll do it again, of course, closer to the release of the show and it'll be in the show description as well. But, you know, if you want to see tag team excellence, like you're not going to get much better than the Malenko brothers taking on the British Bulldogs. And, and this comes off the heels of like the, the last review we did with Kimura, Russia Kimura and giant Baba taking <laughs> on Stan Hansen and Tenru. Did you watch that match, John? I did not see that match. Though. Oh my God. You got to catch up on this stuff, John. Come on. I, I but, have uh, to do. Huh? I've got homework now to do. So there, there you go. There you go. But like, for, for sure, the Malenko Bulldogs match, you will definitely love that for sure so yeah check that out that's next that's uh next next weekend yeah yes all right well go check out that the british bulldogs against the malenkos from january of 1989 you said uh corican that one was that that's a corican and john this is a semi-main event of that show wow and okay. this yeah. this crowd that you might as well have put like masao and kawada the way these people are reacting to to this match it was it they're so into it it's it's amazing to see it's fantastic well you can follow him as well wh oh mcu later mcu later yes tell us where, where are we up to in uh she hulk episode uh, seven coming this episode week? seven is coming up and uh i'm doing that with with rich fan as as way is still kind of sort of on his uh uh, parental parental leave uh, i know he's back doing the, the wrestling stuff but he hasn't come back to doing the uh the the marvel stuff yet i'm, sh- I'm sure by the time we uh do the next series that's going to be on disney he'll be back for that but but i got rich fan from the pro wrestling torch john and and rich is awesome we're we're having a blast with all our guests and yeah we're going to do episode seven coming up and uh that should be fun i i i look forward to watching she hulk and then i look forward to talking about it with rich and 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 whoever our guests might be so yeah check it out that's only on the on the uh, post wrestling cafe though gotta subscribe for that yeah sign up postwrestlingcafe.com we'll have an ask away mailbag show coming out this tuesday mcu later rewind to smackdown all coming up this week uh for members of the cafe and post pro res we'll be back sooner than later we'll uh we'll we'll reconvene in, uh, around mid-october because we'll have the uh the i'm definitely going to watch the stardom show this weekend because it's a pretty light weekend in uh pro wrestling so we'll have that to talk about declaration of power that i know wh is counting down to <laughs> that's a terrible name King of Pro Wrestling was way better. Declaration of, of Fire. You might as like call it Declaration of Weeboness, as far as I'm concerned. Chief Branding Officer WH Park signing off. I am John Pollock, and thanks to everybody for tuning in to Post Pro Res.